0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the uh, title of... This talk is change is possible <clears throat> as I said, I was uh, away for a few weeks <clears throat> and i was I was in Australia I'd been invited to teach there go back and teach. I was there last year and uh, um, uh, really enjoyed it and and uh was invited to go back and I led a week-long retreat there and did a few public uh, events. And uh, it was really wonderful. It's summer in Australia now. So I thought, oh, great. Summer in Australia. I'll just get into the sun. But it was actually a cold summer in Australia while I was there, but warmed up towards the very end. Uh, But when you're... When you're far away, you know, and I'd be checking the news and just hearing what was going on here. You do want to, I do like to stay connected to the collective consciousness of what's going on here. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on here in Berkeley and in around the country. And it was really Um, really sad and, uh, you know, heartbreaking both to just feel all the tension, the injustice, the frustration, the outrage, the violence. And it's kind of interesting when you, when you're out of the country and you think of the whole country and then what's making headlines is Berkeley, um, it's like, whoa, that's my town. That's my hip, progressive, conscious town. Um, And it uh, it was really sad. I'd be speaking to my wife Jane, Um, while I was away and getting her first-hand um, perspective. And, um, you know, the thought occurred to me, gosh, you know, this is not so different than when I was young in the 60s. And thought surely, over these years something uh something might have uh shifted and and I'd say something has shifted at least in what's acceptable and not acceptable but um it was really sad that things were as they were, and this feeling of um hmm, will things do things change and is there any hope? And what's the point? And it um, <clears throat> seems like things just keep on staying the same. <clears throat> so that was one piece that was going on in my, in my mind. Then I, I got back on Sunday, and uh, Sunday evening um, happened to watch 60 Minutes. Anybody see 60 Minutes this Sunday? And sixty minutes was this front and center big piece on mindfulness, uh, and on and Anderson Cooper did a uh, did a little weekend retreat with uh, John Cabot's inn, uh and uh, let go. It was very hard for him to let go of his. Of his phone and his addiction, and he said i don 't know if I can handle this and uh, you know sixty minutes can do any kind of a job on on a news segment and they did this incredibly glowing report, and uh, he said on a you know this, this sixty the overtime segment um, you might it might sound like I, I drank the kool-aid you know which is a kind of a you know a, a a reference to uh just you you've let go of your reality and um and you're like joining a cult he said it might sound like i drank the Kool-Aid but i think i drank the Kool-Aid uh because uh, this is different i feel changed i feel different and uh it was very mo- really great so I thought, well, that's interesting. sixty minutes doing this front and center piece on all the ways that mindfulness um, can affect you. so that was another piece, and then just kind of sometimes as a, a talk kind of comes together with different different elements through the week and then um the third piece that is that's really. Coming into this talk, what what motivated me to to share about uh, this topic or reflect on it, was um, getting a text from a friend of mine, a friend, a former housemate who we, we shared a, an apartment in uh, Flushing, Queens many, many years ago. <clears throat> and uh, he was housemate and very dear friend. And I've stayed in touch from time to time. And he texted me, and he said, um, "Get in touch when you when you can." And I had a feeling something was up, and I finally spoke to him on on Tuesday, um, and um, I could hear in his voice a real sadness. And I said, "What's up?" And um, then he he told me that. Um, his, uh, well, one thing to know about him: for a long time, he he didn't didn't feel he could ever find the right the right person. And uh, eleven years ago, he found the right person, and they uh, they've been having this really beautiful, heart-opening uh, relationship for the last eleven years. And he said that um, on Thanksgiving morning and she was driving uh, to her, her family up in uh, from Washington. She, lived, she splits her time in Washington uh, driving to her family in Pennsylvania and lost control of her car and crossed the center divide and was killed and uh so i was hanging out with him for a while he had been there hanging out with me in my my darkest moments so there's that kind of connection when somebody's really been there for you and uh, i i certainly really wanted to be there for for him and um and he uh, she was an extraordinary woman who was the general counsel for the um, was it american uh, American Council on Education what was her thing? Yeah, American Council on higher Edu- on education, higher education, and she did all kinds of wonderful things. She was passionate and tireless advocate for students, faculty, um, diversity on college campuses, uh, academic freedom, safety on the campuses um, and one cause that was particularly dear to her was uh, education for prisoners. Um, and she put a lot of um, loving, passionate energy into this um, uh, this program called the Hudson Link for Higher Education." Um, that gave prisoners a chance to um, to get a degree in college, and he said, uh, "If people uh, want to in their in her memory uh, donate, do We've been asking them to donate to this Hudson Link uh, for higher education. And I said, "Wow, okay, sounds good." So I decided to take a look at what Hudson Link was. I said, "I'm definitely going to." Give something, and then I started to look at this um, this website, and uh, on the website, there were a number of videos, and there was this one video that looked interesting, the Valedictorian speech of this fellow Sean Kyler. Um, and I said, Oh want to hear what he has to say and uh, it's a I've been very moved by it so this is all kind of weaving together and I'd like to share with you first or next as we explore this topic of change and possibility I wanted to share with you some of his speech this guy he was in uh, I looked it up, for drug and gang-related murder. Um, And uh, when he spoke, he was speaking so articulately, so much from the heart, so clear and in an inspiring way. And every now and then he'd pause as he gathered himself as he was thanking everybody around, Um, he was the real deal. And uh, I wanted to share with you some of his words. Mm -hmm. We come here today to celebrate achievement over failure, perseverance over hesitancy, better tomorrows, over the worst of our yesterdays. We are no longer the people we were when we first took our step on this academic journey. He was there and speaking with a lot of the other graduates. We do not perceive or experience the world in the same manner we once did. Our cognitive ability, as well as our behavior, has undergone a change, a transformation this transformation is not so much a metamorphosis into someone new, but actually a reconnection to our authentic self. That person we were before and our response to life situations that detoured us from the socially acceptable path to success. <clears> That—that that, uh, I think I missed something. That person... Who we were before is no longer the same person. Our response that we had to life situations that detoured us from the socially acceptable path to success is not who we are now. And then he went on to say, "I'll just I summed up a little he, that he always loved school when he was growing up, but he was shy about succeeding in it because of peer pressure." In his adolescence, he said he'd get good grades but hide them from his friends, lying to them or saying he just got lucky so they continued to accept him. Then he goes on. At some point, my faulty thinking turned into my reality and my academic pursuit was left on the side of the road. With my new reality, the acceptance of my friends Became the most important thing to me. I was blinded by the desire to be accepted and ultimately I became a follower. I had to live with shame for 21 years until life presented me with an opportunity to mend my, mo- my mother's broken heart and a chance to rectify my misplaced values and misplaced loyalty and my faulty thinking this college gave me a chance to ask for mercy. And then he he goes on to say, one professor asked him a a few years uh, ago as he started this, how do you plan to touch the world? And that really got to him deeply. And he said, my answer is clear now, by using this experience to help as many people as I can to taste education's sweet elixir. He said one teacher told him that any great change must expect opposition because it shakes the foundation of privilege. And then he thanked another teacher whose solid toughness provided the discipline he needed not to fall short. He looked at her and kind of chuckled, our solid toughness, but he said it with such love. And then he said, mm, I fully accept the philosophy that in order to change a person's behavior, you must first change the way that person thinks. And then to his fellow graduates that were there, he said, today signifies the beginning of our duty to use this education to better not only ourselves, but humanity. Our communities need us to help save our younger generation. It is obligatory that we respond. I'm just taking excerpts now. It's a bit longer, but I just... The, ones, the words that really summed it up. It's obligatory that we respond. We must never forget that our supporters have extended charity to us, so it is incumbent upon us, and he said that twice, incumbent upon us to extend even more charity to others. We can no longer sit idly by. We are now beacons of light that must steer those lost in the dark to the shores of positivity in education. We are now reconnected to our our authentic self. It is time to let that person shine to let that person reach for the stars and to touch the world. And then he finished by quoting uh, an essay that became his beacon it was the poem um, Anyway by Mother Teresa. And this is the poem as he quoted it, as he read it People are often unreasonable, illogical and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight, but we have to build anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. We're going to do good anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous we're going to be happy anyway. If you give the world the best you have, it might never be enough, but we're going to give the best we can anyway. Because you see in the final analysis, it's between you and yourself. It was never between you and them anyway. So I... I watched that speech. I've watched it a couple of times, actually, and I, I recommend you check it out. Uh, just go to uh, Sean Kyler, K-Y-L-E-R, Sean Kyler's valedictorian speech. And uh, reflecting on that, on who this, this man has become, given the right opportunity, given the right exposure, given the right role models and support and uh, people cheering him on, just how beautifully that natural seed of awakening, kingdom of heaven within, or whatever you call it, how beautifully it grew and blossomed and now can give care and sustenance to so many others and inspire so many others. And it made me reflect that um, the human mind and heart have Unlimited potential to do harm or to do good. And what, what shapes that, what shapes the mind and the heart are um, opportunities, education, understanding, inspiration, um, and then at some point making the choice, the intention, to go in a certain direction. But the key factor, uh, and it's something that I've been reflecting on, um, particularly uh, with all the uh, the frustration and the tensions and the uh, the, the miscommunication and the fears um, is um, what this mind or this heart are exposed to. Those who hate, what they're exposed to. Those who are angry and frustrated or feel they haven't gotten a square deal, what they're exposed to, or maybe even not aware of the deal that they've gotten and just kind of um, have fallen into, into people Uh, going along with people who uh, are very confused. And the Buddha said, as I'm sure many of you know, I've said it here a number of times, how crucial it is to keep the company of the wise and avoid the company of the foolish. But you can't always avoid the company of the foolish. There's a lot of people out there that you're going to be interfacing with who are... Uh, not quite as wise. So it's incumbent upon us to seek out the company of the wise so that we are inspired and that our own goodness has a chance to um, to blossom fully. <clears throat> I've mentioned here before the, the story of uh, Angulimala who is uh, the prime example. And for those who aren't familiar, uh, Angulimala, in the time of the Buddha, uh, fell in with the wrong people. And um, even though he had a very sincere and good heart and was motivated uh, to learn uh, by certain circumstances, uh, it was turned... Uh, into um, an angry and violent heart. And he set out on the task to kill a thousand people. And as the story goes, there he was, he had done in 999, and there was the Buddha, seeing that he was actually in the story, seeing that he was about to, Kill a thousand person, and it was going to be his mother who was coming towards him, uh, who was going, who was who was trying to find him. And so the Buddha intervened, and as the story goes, the Buddha broke the trance, Angulimala's trance, and um, <clears throat> and woke him up from his confusion, Angulimala. Saw what he had done, and asked the Buddha if he could, if he could uh, live the holy life. Which the Buddha agreed to, um, and uh, even though Angulimala would suffer the the stonings of people as he went on alms rounds, uh, the Buddha said, "Bear it nobly, Brahman, Bear it nobly. This is your karma uh, for you to uh, to somehow." repay your debt, but now you are no longer the person that you were. And there's a, in the Angulimala Sutta, where Angulimala says to, uh, he, he's, he's meeting, uh, he's on his way to, um, to, the, uh, to the monastery after alms round, and he sees a woman in painful uh, childbirth, having a real problem with childbirth, and the woman asks uh, says, can I have some help? And he goes to the Buddha and he says, We need to send somebody who can help her. And, and the Buddha says, Hmm, Angulimala, you can help her. Go to her and say, um, by, the, by the purity of my heart and the fact that I've not ever caused harm, uh, may you have a healthy birth. And Angulimala says, "Uh, what are you talking about? You remember who you're talking to? I've caused lots of harm in my lifetime. And the Buddha says, say to her, since I have been nobly born, since I've been nobly born, my heart has been pure, and, I've never ca- and I have not caused harm. By the purity of my noble heart, may your birth be healed. Meaning, since you have seen the light, you've had a very pure heart. And Angulimala reluctantly and um, skeptically goes to the woman and says this verse, and in the in the discourse it said that the woman uh, feels the blessing and feels the support of that pure heart and somehow manages to uh, give a healthy birth. And now in uh, in Asian countries, when women are pregnant and delivering birth, uh, delivering a child, they repeat that Angulimala, Phrase. That's the the standard phrase. By the purity of the noble ones, the heart of the noble ones, may I may I give birth uh, a healthy, successful birth. And then Angulimala goes on actually to uh, actually become a fully enlightened being. <clears throat> so. Um, I think it's important to to see whether it's somebody who has um, not been exposed to goodness, uh, but then s- is exposed and can wake up to their authentic self, as, as Sean Kyler says, or somebody who's been exposed to a lot of hate and fear and is conditioned that way, that um, there is a Buddha inside of all of us, and that given the right circumstances and situations, um, people can see the light, that anyone can see the light. So it's up to us as a, society, to create those conditions as much as we can, to not be so quick to judge and say they're wrong, but rather they're confused. Those who are causing suffering, those who are angry, those who are destructive, those who are hating, are simply confused. They don't see where real happiness lies. Real happiness cannot come from causing suffering and expressing more and more hatred. They're just confused, and that's a tall order To not put them out of your heart and realize that they too have potential to wake up. That doesn't mean you put yourself in harm's way. You know, you have to really take care of yourself and protect society from people who are confused and have a lot of conditioning. But whether it's on a on an individual level or a societal level and whether it's about people's hearts changing or a cultural shift, the only thing that makes sense to me is um, staying connected to the fact that change is possible. And to not give up on people. Not to be naive, as you know, the famous uh, Sufi saying, trust in Allah and tie your camel to the post. You don't want to be naive and put yourself in harm's way, and you need to take care of protecting and keeping things safe, but not to give up on anyone. And it's the same as People who've been coming here know uh, it's the same. Uh, that I, I've been very concerned and wanting to do what little I can uh, in uh, in the area of climate change. Uh. And you might have that same kind of sense of well, what's the point? Is it too late? Any anything to do? And it's the same. You've got to. As uh, Mother Teresa says, if you give the world the best you have, it might never be enough, but we're going to give the best we can anyway. So, um, I just wanted to share how inspired I was by Sean Kyler, who probably few years ago, didn't think he could inspire anyone, and wanted to share both in, uh, for him and for my friend's uh, partner, Ada Malloy, uh, in her honor. Uh, she wanted to make a change, and it rippled out to him. And he wanted to make a change, and it's rippling out to us. And I'll, I'll just close and we can have some conversation uh, with this passage. Uh, I think I've sh- I have shared it here before. From John Seed, the great environmentalist, he said, In the end, perhaps nothing but a miracle might be of any use at this time. When you look at the rate of destruction, whether the rainforest or climate, and all of these things that are happening, and if you multiply all the efforts by a factor of ten or even a hundred hundredfold, it might not be enough. So there's it looks like there's nothing on the horizon that can help us. And then you think, well, what kind of miracle would it take for things to be different? Well, it would be a very simple one, really. All that would be needed would be for human beings to wake up one day different than they were the day before, realizing that this is the end unless we make these changes, and then deciding to make the change. Now that doesn't seem very likely, a very likely thing to happen, but on the other hand, the whole road that we've traveled is so littered with miracles that it's only our strange kind of modern psyche that refuses to see it. I mean, the miracle of being descended from a fish that chose to leave the water to walk on land, with a pedigree like that, anything is possible. So um, we do the best we can anyway because it feels good. Because what else is, what's the alternative? And to not give up on the human race, to not give up on individuals, and certainly to not give up on ourselves. Uh, just keep on looking for the possibility and doing what you can to bring it about, because um, there's nothing as worthwhile an endeavor uh, that I can see, and that I, my sense of what the Buddha taught, uh, what his message is. <clears throat> So, I think I'll just stop here and let's see. See if there's any comments or any anything you want to add or anything else about practice. We can take some time, whether it's this or a different topic.
1: So, um,
0: I love listening to this. I. I uh, witness in San Quentin, and I witness with people just like this man, and I've been to graduations just like it's being described here. I need some more people to come into my program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in it, come up and talk to me. I'll give you a card, and we'll see what we can do. Um, I think it was earlier you said something like um, during the meditation maybe at the beginning, um, awareness is untouched by experience and I was sort of curious what's that all about? Hmm. Awareness is untouched by experience. Did you, is that right? Uh, sounds like it could have come out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the awareness that shines there is awareness that shines through you as you're as you're looking at me can you turn off your awareness of what you're seeing no can you not be aware of my words no there's something mm, that can't even be put into words, that some consciousness that shines through you and that is the, the ground of being in which the dance of your life is dancing. And when you meditate, one of the things that can happen, is you get in touch with that awareness that sees confusion and realizes, oh, this is confusion. That sees joy and realizes, oh, this is joy. That sees anger or lust and realizes, oh, this is anger or this is lust. That sees love or compassion And realizes this is love, this is compassion. And the awareness that sees those can hold them all, which is one of the gifts in meditation. Say you're afraid or there's fear that arises. The awareness of fear is not afraid. The awareness of sadness is not sad. There's still sadness there, or there's fear there that's just arising for a while, but it's held in the space of awareness. Oh, this is what's happening now. And that awareness is really um, your, your pure heart, your pure nature. It also has a quality intrinsic in it of compassion and love, but the awareness isn't touched by the contents of what it sees. So, if we were to tie that together with your talk about change is possible, it sounds like the awareness isn't the part that's doing the changing then, unless I'm getting too complicated. The aware, actually, the awareness, when used in a, in a very specific way... Uh, can change things. In fact, is the the most powerful way to change. So there's different kinds of awareness. There's simply uh, a, a pure awareness that is the space in which things happen. Then there's awareness with wisdom which has an extra element of seeing clearly and understanding. Understanding, one, that things change. Understanding that holding on to changing experience is suffering. Understanding that you are this changing experience. Understanding how all these mind states come and they go. And when you, when you um, couple awareness with clear seeing, that is transformative. That's, and that's the basis of Buddhist meditation, where the Buddha said in the Satipatthana Sutta, there is one direct way to overcome sorrow, lamentation, and grief and despair, pain and anxiety, and realize the highest happiness. And that is the establishment of mindfulness. Because a mindful awareness has the amazing property of weakening all the unhealthy states of mind and strengthening all the healthy states of mind. So awareness by itself, without that clarity, that clear seeing, no, nothing much might happen. Although when you get in touch with it, it's a very profound understanding. But awareness coupled with mindfulness or clear seeing that is transforming, and that's where the change is possible. Does that make sense? I got on a roll there. I don't know if it... uh, It sounded really good, but what I was getting at is, does the awareness itself change, or is that something that's a priori? It's something else that changes, is what I was trying to get at. And what is that? Or is there something valid there that we care about? There is a purification... Of all the things that get in the way of seeing who you are, this and this is one of the big differences. Say between mm, uh, the, really the mm, the basic assumption, say in in Western religions as they've come down to us, the Judeo-Christian religion and uh, and and other religions that that start out with. Uh, with original sin and being thrown out of the Garden of Eden, and if we do what we can and repent enough, then we'll be saved and be okay, is very different than the original premise, say, of Buddha Dharma, uh, Hinduism in its own variation as well, which is you are already divine. There's just obscurations that are covering you from seeing who you are. It's a little. It's like a game of hide and seek where you know, the divine is playing in you is playing with itself, and you we forget who we are. So the process of purifying is just removing th- or seeing through the veils to understand that. Who you are is really one could say the Buddha or uh, whatever you want to call it that purity of heart within, and that's that doesn 't have to be cleansed or changed. it already is that 's why seeing things clearly, which is the essence of what vipassana the word vipassana means uh, is is just is such a uh, such a simple and powerful way to s- to understand the practice, oh, when I see things clearly, when when these obscurations and these these misunderstandings and misperceptions are seen through, wow, here it is, here it was already all 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 here to begin with. That's why I love uh, his his speech. Oh, it's not anything that I've that other than I've just discovered or remembered who I am, my authentic self. It's really the uh, the same thing. Yeah. So, thank you. Anything else? It could be about this, or it could be about practice. We have a few minutes. Otherwise, we can end early. Yeah. Ali,
1: Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say I was thinking so much when you were speaking about not only are these um, paths towards change and clear seeing so beneficial to the individual pursuing them, but they're so uh, inspiring to those around. so you touched on it in sort of in your, in speaking especially of this valedictorian speech but i've had so many experiences in the last um little while of seeing people around me just really step up in ways that are so beautiful and i've been trying to internalize the lesson from that which mm. is when i act wisely or kindly that that may also not only have the direct effect that i'm aiming for but um, allow others to see that it's possible to live a life of integrity and wisdom and um, expand the, the club of people going for that as their way of being in the world.
0: Yes. Bingo. You hit it right on the head. And that that's exactly the idea that your, your practice is not just of benefit to you, but to everybody else, especially if they see how far you've grown, if they've known you for a long time, and they say, gosh, you're different. You know, What a gift. You know? That's where, some, I've, I've mentioned it here, I look back on my my younger days, and there are many things that just make me cringe. I can't believe I did that. But, instead of feeling really lousy and perpetuating those thoughts with guilt, which just keeps you bound to feeling small and not good enough, uh, I find it helpful to reflect on the fact that, oh, cringing is a good sign, because it means I'm no longer the person who did those things. I couldn't imagine doing those things. So to see that and to rejoice that you've changed and also see that uh, you have something to offer others, whether or not they have seen the change or that you can be there and say, yes, it's possible to change. Then whenever you're going through a really hard time, this is part of your bodhisattva training. Because sooner or later, it will be your own gift to others to say, I know what suffering is really like, and I'm here to tell you, you can survive it. I'm here to tell you, you can still thrive. Whether you say, you might not say those words, I'm here to tell you, but you know inside, and it gets communicated, uh, just by you going through your own inner dark nights and transforming it into wisdom, that's the gift that everybody wins with. So, thank you. Okay, Any, any last comments? once, twice, okay. So let's close with a little loving kindness. And you might just, uh, as we come to an end, maybe look back on your own life and see how you've changed, how you've grown, how you have seen more clearly how perhaps there's a bit more kindness or patience with yourself or with others. doesn't have to be huge. Don't go for sainthood. Just, uh, just see that you might be going in the right direction. That's enough. And to celebrate the fact that there's movement in the right direction change is happening change for the good even when you forget you might forget but to know that there's a place to come back to that you can remember i'm someone who's learning to grow in kindness, in consciousness. And I offer that as a gift to everybody in my life. And wish yourself well, may I be safe from inner and outer harm. may I open up to all the happiness in my life and all the goodness inside. May I be healthy and strong to whatever extent possible. And may I have ease of well-being. And then extending that out from this room out to all beings in all directions. Mm-hmm. And I uh, want to include especially uh, Ada Malloy and her good work in the world in our metta, and then to all beings, may all know the highest happiness and share their love well. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you for your attention. Have a good, wintry, warm-hearted holiday season, uh, and uh, good coming New Year. So, see you next year. Remember, we're open Christmas and New Year's. Oh, and if you'd help stack up the chairs, that would be really appreciated.